You are listening to Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. Swung on lines the deep left field. It is gone. It went deep right. Batista's going to win goodbye. Start the fireworks show. This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 167. I am your host, Matt Lyons, and in this week's episode, we'll discuss some meatballs, some fun little tidbits of information for you, discuss Josh Naylor potentially staying in right field in spring training and maybe beyond, we'll kind of see if that makes sense, what might happen, if it will happen, have some more under over-under previews, including Fran Mel Reyes, uh, Phil Maton, Eddie Rosario, talk about the athletics name bracket for uh, the Cleveland baseball team, what they'll be called later after this year, and we had a poll asking who's going to hit the most home runs for Cleveland this year. Uh, we'll discuss the results from that and talk about why big Fran Mill dingers are the best dingers. Uh, joining me for all that and more is another Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how are you doing? I've overdosed on gravy. Other than that, I'm fine. Thank you for asking. That gravy, it's a, it's a, it does, it does some stuff to you when you get, when you just drink a bowl of it with when some. Yeah, small well, listen, biscuits. I soaked up the gravy with very buttery biscuits, so I mean, it's not even like it's a thing. So come on. Um, other than that, yeah, fantastic. Thanks for asking. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me here on the podcast. I want every week. Yeah, thanks for uh, hopping on this one very rare time, man. <laughs> so we are definitely not um, like sponsored or anything, but I, I don't know if you saw that I'm very excited about the fact that I can actually watch games this year, maybe without the garbage MLB TV app, because YouTube TV can now, I, I'm, I'm more excited about that than anything because Wait, I can actually what? use YouTube TV. Yeah, but you already screwed. You already paid for MLB I TV. I know. But. Fudge. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are very much not sponsored. It just like started a couple days ago, I guess, but like. I'm hoping I haven't got to try it yet. I'm hoping it like integrates with YouTube TV. You don't have to use because I don't know what MLB is doing over there, but streaming through them is just awful. You get those guitar riffs in between every inning and they play the same three highlights every time. And it's Why just a miserable experience. More highlights. Just anything or a different guitar riff. That's you know what would be fun is if, if they just showed po- random plays. Like, there's a Twitter. Account oh, yeah. Nothing that, exceptional. But, just random. Like, yeah. Like there's a Twitter account that just plays a random NBA play like once every three hours. And it'll just be like. L, like L James, uh, pull like, you know, like whatever two point shot missed, and it's just a shot of LeBron James. Like it's it's completely like randomized and whatnot, but it's like sometimes you get a game that's like a big highlight from whatever the playoffs. Sometimes it's just the Kings versus the Grizzlies, and it's a guy missing a jumper. And like, why can't we just have a, a guy see a guy grounding out to third or? But still, the same fun? dramatic music and everything. Yeah, fuck like it. I mean, have fun with it. Like you know. It's, it, Get some underpaid uh, media people to make those instead. I'm sure they have a blast with it. Or or don't. Just air them. Or air weird random clips of games from before 1986. That'd be fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's still, like, old ones, too. That's the biggest thing. The oldest are from the 90s, I guess. There's never, like... Wouldn't it... Do you think it'd be better in games to show, like, old clips from the 80s and 70s that aren't, like, the biggest plays, but they're also exciting plays to, like, show that the game is... I don't know. I just think there's so many better See, that'd be a good idea. I love that. Yeah, yeah. you guys just turning double plays, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Like, or yeah. or making or making catches or hitting a baseball. Why? Why should we market our game? Why should we do this? This is, doesn't make any sense. We can just compare everybody to LeBron, and that's it. That's all yeah, we need listen, to do. They're all LeBron James. I mean, if we're being honest here, you know, I mean, Phil Maton is LeBron James of throwing cutters. Uh, Fran Reyes is LeBron James of. You know, we'll find one. D- don't worry about it. All right, we'll, we'll figure it. Yeah, dingers, I guess. Yeah, I, although maybe not. Yeah, Bobby Bradley's LeBron James of exit velocity. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. We can so do this. We, we can market for MLB Merit. We don't need other people to do it for us. You know what the uh, the LeBron James of segments is, Merit? Um, go on, ask ask what it is. LeBron James of segments of podcast. Merit, ask what it is. Um, podcast segments. Uh, oh. <laughs> 
Meatballs. It's Meatballs, man. For us, that means it's the segment where we, of course, give everybody tidbits of information, um, little fun things we've discovered over the last... Now we can go back to the last week of baseball because, as we are now, baseball has been played. Spring training is underway. Cleveland has been doing things. They played the Reds on Sunday, the Royals uh, today or yesterday when this podcast comes out. Um, what's your meatball for this week, Matt? All right, Matt, do you want one that's baseball related, non-baseball related, or old? Which one do you want? <laughs> I'm going to go baseball related just to mix it up. All right. So he's a good one. We'll <laughs> go with that one, I guess. Um, uh, first game of the preseason, spring training, whatever. Obviously, the Reds and the Tribe played in beautiful Goodyear, Arizona. Uh, founded, if you were curious, I looked this up today, by Goodyear Tire Company. Do you know why they founded it? Because there was a tire well under it? Wrong. They, the needed to, it. they needed to cultivate uh, tires? Co- cotton, actually, <laughs> in the verdant Arizona hills, I guess. <laughs> it was prime for growing tires. They just I came out of the ground like nothing. I can't wrap my head around that one. But anyway, uh, top of the sixth inning, uh, a couple of beautiful words showed up. Brian Shaw replaces James Karinchak on the old line here. And I said to myself, self, how many times do I want to see that this year? No times? I don't know. Now, that being said, we got a very typical uh, Brian Shaw appearance. Uh, Chelsea Cuthbert walks. Uh, Narciso Cook grounds into a double play. Uh, Brian Shaw to second baseman Gabriel Arias to base, first baseman Connor Maribel. And then Alfredo Rodriguez strikes out swinging. I just saw that, and it just I gave me flashbacks. Good flashbacks, mostly, because he was a very effective pitcher. He got ground ball rates at a pretty decent clip, and he also got a lot of strikeouts, especially towards the end of his career with the drive. Uh, I just hope that he's not spending much time replacing James Karinczak. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, do you, what, what, what's your over-under on how many times we see him replace uh, James Karinczak? I, I would hope almost none. <laughs> if Karinczak's in, I assume it's either the end of the game or it's a situation where there's a big – Unless he's just terrible and he just blows I'll take the over. Like seven all of a sudden. <laughs> You're giving away money, you idiot. I'm taking I'm taking the over on this one. It can't be many, right? Although if <laughs> if we're extrapolating compared to his previous spring training outings, like because he's always terrible in spring, and there was a point where he could be terrible and still make the team, maybe not this year, but if, if he keeps pitching well in the spring, maybe that's like equivalent to him being a perfect bullpen reliever in the regular season. So I guess we'll see, but. Um, but yeah, not a whole lot. I wouldn't think if he's just going to be a garbage man, I hope not a, uh, that's, that's a, a big hope is in capital letters. Cause I, I still want to be on the team. I think he's a fine innings eater, like in losses or in other times you got to conserve mate and Karen check and class a, but I don't want him replacing anybody in vital moments by any means. You know, I just realized how, how many, how many weird, uh, syllable stresses there are in the Indians, uh, kind of top three bullpen guys. Maton, but class A, Karen, check. It's very, got a hard, hard sounds and weird, uh, enunciations. I love it. Um, so my meatball is very simple. Gabriel Arias, two games so far. He was two for two on Sunday, three for three today. That's it. That's the meatball. He's five for five. Um, obviously going to be the starting center or starting shortstop on opening day because he was good in the first two spring training games. Uh, but no, it's, I think it's cool that obviously Arias came over in the Clevenger trade. He was, if Josh Naylor was the, and Josh Naylor and Quantrill, Quantrill were the two main pieces to help now. Obviously Arias was the piece in that trade to help them in the future. And it's just kind of cool to see him hitting this well. I know it's the first two tra- spring training games. It doesn't matter at all. But just kind of a neat thing that he's only 21. He just turned 21. He was born in, oh God, the year 2000, which is just ridiculous. But um he's he's up at the Indians of spring training doing things i'd imagine if you're just a kid who that, that's a lot even if it's spring training that's a lot you're coming up it's your first spring training with the new team it's your first you're still dealing with all these weird protocols you didn't play 
real baseball last year and you come up against two, I mean, they're real pitchers. They're not nobody. Um, that doesn't mean they're they're great, but you still got five hits in two games. It's going to make you feel pretty good. And I think it's neat that it happened. Of course, we don't get to watch, so we didn't get to see like anything about how he looked. We can't even see the like, the game day doesn't have anything specific, but we just know he hit ball. He got on base and that's good enough for me right now. Uh, yeah, those are our meatballs this week. Again, we'll be next week. I think we'll have at least one televised game to watch. I think because the Angels are doing every single one. And I think Cleveland will pay the Angels before our next podcast. So. Um, we'll get to watch some kind of baseball that Cleveland is playing. But in the meantime, we did get to hear that uh, uh, Terry Francona before Sunday's game, he mentioned that um, he was talking to Jim Rosenhaus and I think Tom Hamilton too about the fact that Josh Naylor, they're going to be working him out in right field exclusively in spring training, um, which is it's worrying for a lot of reasons. But uh, during the game on Sunday, with Tom Hamilton, the way he put it was uh, Terry Francona and the coaches have elected to do. Bowers is not going to play in the outfield this spring. They're strictly going to put him at first base. Really, the battle is between he and Bobby Bradley. Now, Josh Naylor, everybody knows he can play first, but Naylor is strictly going to play right field this spring. Um, Naylor, of course, he came over also in the Clevender trade. Um, he, he had no, I mean, he played in the outfield. He's played there in San Diego. He played there some in Cleveland, but coming up through the minors, there was nothing about Josh Naylor that said that he's going to be an outfielder. He's, he's big, he's slow. Um, he's got some power potential, but he's just not an outfielder. He was just kind of there in San Diego, uh, sort of like Fran Reyes, just because they don't have a DH. But now that he's on an AL team, it was kind of thought that he would be a first baseman DH. But now apparently Cleveland's going to stick him in right field, at least for spring training. I think the hope is that it is purely just to give Bobby Bradley and Jake Bowers a chance to battle at first base um, because they already know Josh Naylor can play first. But there's kind of a lot of different ways you could read this, I think. So, I mean, what's your... I guess feeling on I, I know you mentioned one podcast a few ago that there's no way he's going to be in right field, which I agree that he shouldn't be, but he is. So I, I guess the thing is, first thing I'd like to know, and I don't have any evidence or not, you know, anything concrete on this, but whenever a team will try to work out a player at a brand new position in spring, how often does that stick? You know, and I'm sure it has um, over time, but I mean, as you mentioned, there's no evidence of him ever actually being there, and so why? Like what? What do you mean in the outfield? Well, as a right fielder specifically. Oh no, he had he played a little bit in San Diego. Yeah. No, I don't know. I it's like you said. It sounds like it's just them trying to figure it out for um, between Bradley and Bowers because you know they need to figure out whether those guys are anything really. And granted, Bowers is still only about twenty four, and Bradley's not much older. But they're kind of stuck anyway because for all their lack of, and I think we talked about this a bit last week, for all their lack of, you know really top-end talent, they at least have an established major leaguer in left now, and then they have a center fielder somewhere uh, that won't be named Josh Naylor. So it's the only place they can really try him. I Honestly, I was kind of preferring the idea of um, Bowers out there just because he's faster. I mean, just so he could cover a bit more ground. I'm, I'm not saying he'd be a good right fielder. Like, you know, he probably has about as much experience playing out there as uh, Naylor does. But it's just kind of, you know... I might as well try it. Might as well see what happens because those guys are either going to make the team or they're not. And uh, Powers, as we've talked about, is definitely one we need to uh, take a hard look at because if he doesn't make the team, then they're going to have to get him to pass through waivers. And, you know, I mean, will he? Probably. Cause... I don't know. I think somebody would claim him if they try to put him through waivers just because somebody, there's a rebuilding team out there who can deal with him and just have him take the chance on him being a, a decent first baseman. But yeah, I don't know. It, it just sounds like it's, we, we got to put him somewhere. These games don't matter. So it's going to be a, I wish we had more televised games just to watch that adventure game after game after game. I guess what, the one positive here is 
most batters are, are right-handed and people are more pole happy these days. So maybe the ball won't go that way very much, but we'll see. So I, I would hope. Yeah. But then also other problem is that Eddie Rosario wasn't good out there either. So whoever's in center field, like good Lord. Good luck. Oh yeah. If, if it's Naylor and right and Eddie Rosario and left, there's, there's going to be trouble. But yeah, one of the ways to definitely read it is just, they want to see more is what between Jake Bowers and Bobby Bradley. It, it, maybe it means they don't, and there's like there's just so many ways you could look into it like either maybe they don't believe in those two or they do and they want to see them in action maybe they don't believe in like daniel johnson and jordan luplo in right field so they're just putting josh naylor out there that's their their first priority is getting him used to right field so he can um, take over for them it could be that they just don't believe in in josh naylor so they're just saying go here and whatever but um yeah, I my dream scenario was to have like Daniel Johnson and Jordan Luplo in right field because it it would seem weird not to have Luplo anywhere. And if you're gonna put Josh Naylor in right field, there's no reason for Luplo because even though Naylor's a lefty, he hits lefties really well, so you don't really need to platoon him. I mean, obviously Jordan Luplo is probably better against lefties than Naylor is against anything, but it's not necessary like it could be with Daniel Johnson or I mean even Nolan Jones when he comes up, he could be in right field. So. I don't know. It just seems like they either must either really believe in Jake Bowers and Bobby Bradley or they don't at all. And they're just giving them one last shot. And I'm honestly, I'm, I'm definitely um, feeling more of the, the latter of that because it's just you going through that kind of litany of sort of weird pseudo log jams they have there. <laughs> uh, because like you said, Lupo is going to make the team. Yeah. Um, he's a great platoon bat. I just, I, it just seems like a travesty to try and play, uh, nail it out and right. Uh, so th- this sounds like, yeah, they're just, they're trying to give those two guys a chance to play where they can focus on hitting because in the, the day their, their ticket was going to be written by their bat, uh, regardless of where they end up playing in the field. You know, as I mentioned, I, I think you could play, um, of the three of them, uh, Bowers could probably be the best in right defensively. Which isn't saying a lot, but yeah, it just it, there's so many like weird moving parts here, and they're kind of stuck in so many different ways. I mean, obviously, it's like Eddie Rosario doesn't play well, or he does plays very well, and they trade him, and they just jam Nolan Jones and left or something like that. That's different too, because that's that's a short term situation with uh, Rosario, which makes one think that they're just going to ignore Nolan Jones altogether and just have him come up in 2022, which is oh, barf. God, that'd be miserable. I know, <laughs> yeah. uh, but. Yeah, you know, it's if we don't see him this year, that's that's just depressing. I I think they'd find a way to plumb out there. Somebody's going to struggle at some point. Like either if Josh Naylor is in right field, maybe he doesn't quite pan out the way we hope. Um, if he's at first base, there's plenty of space in right field. Then if Geno Johnson doesn't pan out, but I mean, we I think so. But again, we're, we're kind of heaping a lot of hope on Josh Naylor, who has a ton of un you know unimpressive uh, you know actual play so far. Now, granted, again, the the, the atmosphere wasn't always proper. Uh, not always ideal, um, but that being said, we're, we're definitely looking at this boy we're already with rose-colored glasses just because of... And he's also just so fun in general. <laughs> like Him and his brother are both there. They just, him and Fran Reyes are both fun. It, he's just one of the guys I want to succeed, but I think if he does, it'd be at first base and not in right field. I mean, yeah, he's got a career 249-309-383 line, and like he was worse than that with Cleveland in 2020. Um, he just hasn't been very good. Uh, if anything, he was better. His best stretch was with San Diego, where he got traded in 2020, and even then, he only had a 101 OBS plus. So, what are we to take from this? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah, like I get the logic of using him in right field for now, but is is pretty much what to take. It's it's just a, a spring training weirdness thing. Uh, so yeah, so this last week or last month, I guess now leading up to opening day, we've been doing over under previews on Let's Go Tribe dot com. Uh, this week we have got some couple fun ones on there. A couple of our favorite players, I think, have couple of new players so our first one Fred Mo Reyes zips 
Sips projects some 32 home runs, 100 W6 RPR, WRC plus 0.9 war. Last year, his hard hit rate was a 98th percentile, 94th percentile for um, barrel rate. Uh, he started to lift the ball maybe a little bit too much in 2020, I think was was part of his issue. His launch angle went up a little bit. Um, I know it's sample size too, but I mean, in that small sample, he started to do this and his expected will but drop quite a bit. Um, so I, I think mine's, mine's a pretty easy over for this just because I think of it's a small sample last year and he's just so strong and so big and I think he can match the ball. Even if he's a three outcome guy, I think he can outperform 0.9 more pretty easily. I mean, 2020, he posted a 113 WRC plus with a 355 BABIP. So, like, oh no. But in 2019, he posted a 109 WRC plus with a 279 BABIP. So, and someone like him is always going to have a higher batting average on balls in play because he hits the ball so darn hard. So, as long as that continues, and he's, as we saw, he showed a bit of growth when it came to walking. I mean, if he can get his walk rate up to like 11% or something like that. I just think that's going to make him so dangerous, and he's going to just be a thirty-five to forty home run guy with a one twenty. I, I would I would not be surprised to see like a one twenty WRC plus, if not more, this year. Again, we we he's huge, and you forget he's like as young as all these guys. And I, I think that's an easy just mash the over button on that one. Yeah, that was pretty much universally agreed. Ninety-one percent over, ninety percent under on that one. Our next one, Scott Moss. This is um, a guy who could be a, a reliever. If I could go back in time, I think I would change what I said about Logan Allen, and I would give him some starts and probably put him on the over. I think I put him as under before, but um, as a switch to that, I put Lope Scott Moss probably. Did I say over when I did his? I did. I would actually say under on Scott Moss now, <laughs> just because Logan Allen. Um, everything we've heard about him, I mean, it's spring training, but I think Tito's going to be using him more. I think he can he can pitch well. And Scott Moss is just kind of guy who's going to get lost in the shuffle a bit. Um, I think his command is just going to keep him in the bullpen. Um, I, I think he's just going to he's going to be over this point eight war. He's going to be kind of long inning relief guy, maybe a start here and there. But I think they they're going to use Logan Allen as like the sixth starter more than Scott Moss. So um, yeah, just kind of a bullpen guy. I think he's going to be there and be okay. Like Zips possession as. 5.18 ERA, which sure, in his rookie season, he hasn't debuted yet. So maybe they give him a lot of walk issues. I think that's also pretty fair. Five walks per nine probably isn't too terribly off. I don't think he makes a team. Oh, shit. It's a way under. <laughs> <laughs> Smash that under. Uh, I think um, I, I listen a little bit to the Selby's Godcast also um, to, so I can you know influence my points of view. But <laughs> they were talking about uh, <laughs> Sam Hench's there and i think that he is better choice of pitcher of oh absolutely if it's between the, i think i think they're both gonna make it though i think if it's between one of the both other of them, it's though? absolutely I mean, Hentges. I, I, what, how many lefties do we have and then we're talking about those two and also um uh fuck. logan allen no the old man oh oliver perez i forgot about oliver perez okay yeah. maybe not yeah oliver perez is gonna be on the other. team i mean we're talking about eight pitchers. I mean, if we wanted to go through it real quick, after the top three, and then Whitgren, and then Perez, that's five. Shaw's going to make the team. I don't care what you say. <laughs> oh, no, he's going to make the team. I'm not doubting that. But, um, but I, I just I don't think there's enough room for all these guys. And I think Hen just take, gets the gets the job over Scott Moss just because it's velo baby. <laughs> so then is and Adam Plutko too. He's going to be there because he doesn't have any hundred percent. Adam Plutko will definitely be on the team. Yeah. Yes, maybe Scott Moss is the guy that's like mostly hanging around in AAA. But when they need to start, they bring him up. But Logan's Allen there like for an emergency start. But if they know it's coming, they can bring Scott Moss up and then option him back down something like that. I don't know, but. According to Fangraph's top 49 prospects, um, he may have been going through a change to the way he throws his fastball. 
I don't think it matters. Uh, at the alternate site, his velocity band of that pitch is much larger than usual. He may be a little bit different uh, next year, but he did have a low le- leverage along. Yeah, anyway, everything we know about him may be completely different. Uh, yeah. So we'll find <laughs> which we don't know a whole lot about <laughs> which, him anyway. Which, so, <laughs> which all we know is he sits eighty nine and ninety three and tops ninety five with a fastball, and he has an uh, scouter scouting wise an okay slider changeup and. Uh, shitty command. So I feel like they have like seven guys who can do that. Or yeah, that's, that's, I literally just described. If I just squint and pick another picture, I have him again. So it's just like, oh, here's one, here's one, here's one. Yeah. So you know, yeah, uh, kind of. I think opposite of Scott Moss, at least for us, is Phil Mayton. Um, he was acquired from the Padres. Uh, that was two years. That was so. I actually mentioned this on Twitter. I was looking up stuff up for um, talking about him here. I forgot they got him for bonus pool money in 2019, which is just like if you look at his baseball savant stuff, I think it's pretty clear the Padres just saw his his low velocity, his his high walk rate, and said, We don't want this guy. You can have him for nothing, sure. But like Cleveland saw every other thing is just so hard in the red. Like he obviously spins the ball like crazy. He's got his expected numbers are great. His FIP is really low. I mean, it, it, to him, the point has just been his troubles getting results, and he hasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just terrible sequence. I think he's had. He's giving up a few too many home runs. Um, he, he's walked quite a few batters, obviously. But like considering what he's been so far, like Zip seems to know that he's going to recover quite a bit. Like a three point six eight ERA, that's better than anything he's had. Um, it's still not great, but it's it's a pretty decent reliever, especially for a guy you get for bonus pool money um, over eleven strikeouts per nine, which is ridiculous, but also realistic, I think, for Mayton. And he said he has that cutter, which is ridiculous. I, I think he's going to be one of the most exciting relievers that we have, which is saying something, considering we also have James Karinchak and Class A. I think he'll be like one of the like not exciting on the surface. He's not going to pump a hundred and have these big hammer curveballs, but when you like look back at what he did, you look at his numbers too, just like going from San Diego to Cleveland, and I mean this just uh, speaks, I think, to Cleveland's. Uh, current edge when it comes to understanding pitching. I mean, his 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 FIP dropped from 444 uh, to 282 in going from San Diego to Cleveland. Now that does encapsulate 114 innings in San Diego versus 34 for Cleveland, but it also does encapsulate you know just being yanked back and forth and a lack of consistency in San Diego before he came to Cleveland as well. So uh, no, I, I'm I I've said it many times. I th- I think he's going to be very good. Um, if we wanted to, you know, staple the labels of the previous generation of great arms to these guys, I mean, he would be the he would be the Shaw of this new group. I think I think he has the talent to be better than Brian Shaw. He already gets better strikeouts. I think his, his pitch his uh, pitches move better. He also has, I think, a, a better repertoire. I would take the over on this one. I think he's going to be excellent. Sixty nine said over, thirty one under. So most people agreed there. Uh, our next one, Eddie Rosario, outfielder, obviously signing the outfield for or off season for eight million. Zips has him five hundred ninety one plate appearances, twenty eight home runs, five and a half walks, fifteen percent strikeout rate, uh, one hundred five WRC plus, little almost two WAR. I think that's I, I would go over. I think on that, Chris Davies who wrote the post also said over. I, I think just. I mean, he's maddeningly inconsistent. If you look at any Twins fans about when he signed, they'll they'll yes. tell you that he is not at all a consistent player he'll streak and be an amazing hitter and then just bottom out for several weeks at a time but i, I think overall he'll probably outperform it i think he's gonna get he's gonna be terrible in the outfield i think he might he'll probably hit better than 105 wrc plus um i think he has a chance to be hit 30 home runs with cleveland he's always hit well in progressive field he's gonna hit there a ton now and not face cleveland pitching so yeah i'm excited about rosario just having an outfielder who is a real outfielder for once even if he's not a good defensive one but he's a, a legit bat out there He's also trended in the right direction that he's been striking out less and making more contact, which I think that's probably something Cleveland saw outside of just the home runs. They, they, they seem to like these guys that, that make contact. Now they're kind of zigging while everyone else is zagging. So I like him in Cleveland. I think Cleveland probably likes him too. And, and the poll was broke. So I have no idea what other people said. I, I think I did something wrong with the poll, but I'm going to assume everybody else agreed with me because 
Why wouldn't they? Um, I don't know. I'm worried Rosario is going to be one of those guys that's going to get impacted by that ball change. Uh, I mean, push. If I was going to say anything over or under, I'd just say push, and he's going to be basically this exact hitter this year. Uh, and I wouldn't be uh, surprised one way or the other. 277, 314, 488 is right around where I expect him to be, you know, walk five and a half percent of the time, something like that. Because, I mean, you look at his projections, and they're all just so like the exact same numbers over and over and over. Yeah, I think it would be like a two-win player. So I'm narrow over, if anything, but I don't want to be that that excited about it because I don't know. I don't think he'll hit 30 home runs, personally. I think he'll hit – he's only done that once, um, and that was when the ball was made out of um, rubber, um, rubber cultivated in the rubber fields of Goodyear, Arizona. Um, no, and I think 25 home runs would make more sense to me. Uh, walk rate similar, although maybe he'll press more. I don't know. He hits the ball in the air a lot, so we'll see. My next one, um, probably the obviously the biggest prospect that's going to be coming up this year, Nolan Jones, if he's coming up this year. Um, Zips has liked him for multiple seasons now. Last year, I think it was almost the exact. Like they had him at two wins last year if he came up. This year, putting him at 566 plate appearances, 24 home runs, which I think is really nice. 12 walks, 12% uh, walk rate, 31% strikeout rate, 96 WRC+. plus. That's a pretty good, um, I mean, considering a guy that's never played and he doesn't yeah. have, he, he's got good tools, but he's not like, he hasn't been elite any level. He has an elite walk rate. That's not really technically a tool, a good plate approach. But if it was, he would have a really good one, one of the best in the minors. I'm going to smash the over button on this one if he makes the team. Uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't think he'll have any of the counting stats because I don't think he's going to play 130 games. But it's so actually no. I'll, the rate stats, I think he'll probably um, get right around there. I think it'll be more like a 250, 260, 340, 440 guy, which would be great. That'd be basically 100 WRC plus. Feeling pretty good. Yeah, that's where I am too. I think if he comes up too, that he he'll be platooned with um, like Jordan Lublo, which I think will help him out. I don't think he needs he he might need to be platooned right away, but I think if if he there's even a hint that he does, Tito will jump all over that and platoon yeah. those two, and I think that will help him. If he doesn't have the counting stats, it'll help him have the the rate stats better. So I think he could have over he could be an over an average hitter pretty easily. I think uh, 100 yard WRC plus isn't unreasonable and give him enough time and enough walks he can get over two war i think too and i think wherever he plays on defense he might just be fine he's just an athletic kid so i know he hasn't played i don't think any very little in the outfield if anything and they're not even working him out there right now they're keeping him at third base which seems kind of weird but yeah i think he'll be fine out there he's not going to play a ton in the outfield anyway just because he's platooning so i don't think he'll be a major liability it might hurt his war just because he's not contributing a whole lot but i think he'll still be pretty good and a, a more surprising bat than we think, especially if he's platooning and only facing pitchers, he can see really well. So um, not a whole lot said the over on that one, 26%, 74% said under mostly on the playing time issue. They don't think he's the take mostly is, uh, which is probably not completely wrong is that he won't be playing a whole lot because first they're going to manipulate a service time. And also you could say that there's a legit reason to keep him down to work in AAA because. Um, and where are they going to play him? I mean, they got log jams all over the field, right. man. I mean, well, I mean, people, if he hits, it doesn't. He, no, he, gotta, he breaks the log jam. Oh, right that, yeah, yeah, he like, smashes that log fine. jam up, and we we ride those logs all the way down. Yeah, he's the lumberjack, the Columbia River. <laughs> yeah, there you go. New nickname: Nolan Jones, the lumberjack. Why? Why do you call that? Well, because he was good enough to actually make the team. <laughs> Isn't there a specific term for the lumberjacks that rode the like the logs down the river? I don't know, logmen. Let's find out. Guys who rode log jams. Google.com. <laughs> who rode? Oh, flow. We're Googling it. 
We're doing Fox science here. Log driving. The log driver, maybe? Log driver. Log driver. There we go. Nolan Jones, the log driver. That's, look, that's at, look at these guys. Here's a log driver working for the Brown Company, New Hampshire. Here's a log Here's a picture of Nolan Berlin. Jones. How did this get here? Here's a photo of just Nolan Jones <laughs> hanging out with some river drivers in Germany with a crude pole, pike pole. Oh, I like river driver. That's a cool one. There's a new Cleveland baseball name. But... Here's some guys in Sweden. Yeah, everybody's a hater. I don't think it, everybody thinks if he comes up, he'll he'll outperform that, but nobody thinks he's going to play enough, So, which is fair. Our last one who we talked about, Jake Bowers. Zips doesn't see a whole lot. I mean, like, they see him as an 84 WRC plus just because of what he's done. I think, again, if he outperforms this, I said the over on my prediction. I think this is just one where if all that stuff that he did in um, either working on his approach, working on his his his, um, his swing path, his his mental approach, everything if that comes together, I think he can outperform a pretty pitiful 0.2 war projection. Um, it could be anywhere from a tiny bit over to a lot over if, um, if, if the mental struggle just was too much for him between 2019 coming over to new team was his issue then 2020. I mean, obviously just everything was an issue then for everybody. So if that is the case and he comes over, he's, he's reworked his swing. He's reworked his mental approach. I think he could overcome obviously 84 WRC plus by a ton. Uh, and then just depending on where he plays, whether it is a first baseman, I think he'd be decently deep on defense there. Maybe he wouldn't be. He'd be kind of a weak hitting first baseman. But 16 home runs, they have Matt. 13 stolen bases. Um, double digit walk rate, I think, would be good for Jake Bowers, what they put him at. So. Yeah, that's what he's known for. Yeah, the yeah, one yeah I think he can get this. Not a ton, but some something over two point point two more at least. Point two, yeah, I think so. If, if, I mean, if he gets any playing time at all. I mean, it's, that contact rate is so dog shit. I'm uh, just looking at his numbers from 2019, 78% overall contact rate, and then – 87 even in the zone which is which is good but nothing like special yeah and he, and he watches so many strike threes and that's the thing too it's it's not about the number the thing with jake bowers is it's never been about the numbers it's been about getting out thought and out thinking himself and stuff like that. that's why i was complaining before about you know not being able to see the games because like that's how you can actually make a judgment on whether a guy's actually playing like crap or he worked a walk what was it today i think so thumbs up i guess but I, he, he always did that i'd rather he be more aggressive, I guess, and, you know, I don't know, swing at balls or something and yeah. be able to recognize when they're throwing a slider, things like that. So, you know, the little things like I have no answer this. on this one because I, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to like say over because I just, I don't think it's going to happen, but I don't think it's not going to happen. So I have no idea. I have no judgment on this one. So it's another one where if he plays, he'd go over, but he's probably, you know, maybe, I don't know. I think if he played, he might go under too. He might be worth negative. I mean, come on. He's 2019. He was worth negative 3.3 wins above replacement. Rather. Let's be honest here. He was, he was very bad. He had 12 home runs. And I think he'd like, admit that too. Like he, and he knew that it wasn't like that. He's a, a terrible person or player. It was just everything messed with his head and he was just having troubles and maybe he got fit. Maybe like, I'm sure the, the pandemic here was bad for everybody, clearly. But maybe for anybody, it was Jake Bauer's good getting down there and, and using his last option year to just get up close and personal work with the team and they can they can work with him more closely than just putting him in AAA and, and working on it there. But um, just a year of quiet away from everything maybe it helped a little bit. But I guess we'll it's see. Like a, yeah, it's, like when, it's like when a samurai descends or ascends into the hills and, and meditates for a year. And a That's day. exactly what I was getting at is that Jake Bowers is a samurai. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> He's the Tom Cruise samurai. I'm, I'm with you. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, that was a pretty decisive one. 53% set under, 47 over. That, I think that's our closest so far. We mentioned last week that if it's even like 60-40, that's considered close based on. See, no one knows how to feel. Like I, I, I am the voice of the reader, essentially, in this. I'm just like, I don't know, dude. Like Everything could be different now or not. Everything's the same. Like 
It's it's not about the numbers. It's about him. You don't recognize whether or not throwing a fastball, which is never at this point because it's the only thing he knows how to hit. So, but if he's if he's adjusted to that, then who knows? Maybe he can be uh, at least a decent offensive first baseman. Apparently, not a outfielder. But so yeah, that's our that's uh, over unders this week. If you like watching these, you can go over to letsgotribe.com, talk about them there. We've got a few more left. Um, a couple of later additions they made. Harold Ramirez will be there soon. Talk about him. But um, the next thing we're going to talk about is that over on the Athletic, obviously. This is the last year we'll be talking about the Cleveland Indians as a team name. They're going to be switching. I mean, they could have just, you know, picked a new one this year, but they've sent out surveys. Um, Cleveland themselves have. They're, they're trying to engage the community about switching the name. They just don't want to be the Indians anymore for very obvious reasons, I think, at this point. Um, and the Athletic, they did. I think a lot of people have talked about a name change. They've kind of done their own thing, but the Athletic went all out. They included, like, every suggestion they could find in these giant pools of, of voting names, and they narrowed it down to, like, a Sweet 16 and now they've had brackets going through um, the voting for these. Well, they games. started with 240 candidates. Right. They took like everything they could get and just they put them in separate pools in a Google Doc sheet and had you vote on them. So 16 made it to the end. Um, we weren't uh, the 16, 16 that made it are kind of the ones you'd expect, like the Spiders, Rockers, Guardians, Blue Sox, Blues, the Baseball Club. Class is kind of neat, but I don't, I don't think I'd want it. Cuyahugas, I think is stupid. I don't like that one. Uh, Commodores is one that's still my vote, and that's that's one of the ones still in it. That's that's the what we're going to talk about here is that they're in the final two now. So one of them was Specters, but it was spelled S P E C T E R S. I wish it was Specters with an R E. So give it kind of a bit of an international vibe, you know? It's Cleveland and Inter- Clydesdales is a pretty good one. Engines is a pretty dope. Engines, that'd be down. Engines is not good. What are you doing? Shut up! It's great. <laughs> Come on, stupid. The, well, the worst one is baseball club, which I'm glad that got voted out right away. Yeah, get out of here! Lost get out of here, you big jerks! <laughs> the final four was Spiders, Guardians, Blues, and Commodores, and the big upset. The uh, and Spiders got crushed. They did their they combined the voting. Um, Guardians sixty seven percent in their little pool of Spiders, Red Tails, Clash, and Guardians, and Guardians just destroyed everything. I understand like, why people ever, would ever even think Spiders are a good name. It's a trash name. I like it. I like the Spiders name. I You're dumb that. again. This is I can't. I, I don't care about the connection because I I know they're not the same organization or whatever. Technically, I just think it's a neat name. There's a different name. How about the Mosquitoes? Now that's a cool name. <laughs> mosquitoes are not cool. Spiders at least have some. But everyone it's hates all Spider Mosquitoes. Man, mosquitoes but... is, is the greatest villain known to man. <laughs> I mean, if you're doing that, you have to do the uh, the midges because of it's Cleveland. But. Well, I guess. But why? Everywhere has mosquitoes from uh, from everywhere has mosquitoes. Well, yeah, then you don't want to do that because you don't want to be everywhere. You want Cleveland. We want to be everywhere. We want to be a dominant force. That's what we want. We want. We want. To, we want. We want a nation that, that spreads across the globe. Everyone's like, we hate the mosquitoes. Oh no. <laughs> I think the Guardians are a pretty weak connection to Cleveland, just like mosquitoes would be. Like it's just there's a statue. There's nothing about them that's special. There's just. I mean, somebody it, built a statue that guards traffic, and now it's it feels a like a fake name. It feels like something it gets made. It feels like an XFL video. name, which it was an XFL name. I know. That's why I like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out why 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 it rang so true to me because I was a huge Guardians fan because they they were either the they were either DC or New York. New I can York never York. remember which one was yeah. which because the other DC one was, was a Defenders. Okay, I, look, I can't yeah. remember which one was which. Same thing. I was like, <laughs> I don't know which one. Is, yeah, and I watched all their games, so I was a huge Guardians fan. Um, they, it was I don't it's I like the name. I, there's enough, I guess, to connect them to Cleveland. I think people exaggerate the connection to Cleveland for Guardians. Um, I think Commodores is still my favorite. Uh, since we're not doing owl, bear, owl bears, we're, we've counted that out, unfortunately. Well, first of all, Wizards of the Coast would have sued the Cleveland baseball team. So let's be but, honest but here. Commodores is my vote. Uh, you can link it to uh, Oliver Hazard Perry, which I'm also not sure that linking it to a guy from 1812 is a great idea. Oh, shut up. probably going to be some stuff eventually. 
It's never great. That would, that um, would never bite anyone in the ass. <laughs> I, I can understand their hesitancy. Also, they're the commies for short, which I think rules, but also maybe they don't want that. Well, no, there was a great comment in the bottom here. It was like, it was it was literally that. It was, uh, uh, so you, can't, you can't choose Commodores. The woke police will kill them. But, but the next comment was like, but maybe the, the opportunity to shorten to commies will balance it out. And everyone can be unhappy together with their mutual choice, as usual. And I'm like, hell yeah, there, there we go, <laughs> covering our bases. It's all rounded out. But yeah, I think there is plenty of reasons they won't do Commodore, just because I'm sure after being called the Indians, they're going to do everything careful as they can. I even think Guardians, like if you use that, you're tying it to the artist. And if something ever comes out about the artist, and then you got to change the name again. <laughs> like, unless you detach yourself from the statue Guardians, like. I think they're going to do they're going it's going to be so bland and so not linked to anything other than like just Cleveland. It's going to be just guitars or something stupid or okay, rockers. I'm back in on guitars. <laughs> <laughs> Even the guitars. Oh man. <laughs> and like that poll they sent out, that did not uh like the Cleveland's actual survey they sent out did not give me it was not encouraging. It seemed like they're going overly for like the sentimental Generic Clevelandiness, which I think kind of sucks. All it's of not baseball, really fun. Major League Baseball is the most poorly run garbage. Yeah, on like Earth. Seattle's the Krakens. All their stuff is so cool up in Seattle. Well, I mean, it's trash, team. but sure, okay. What? No, right? I do not great. like. Don't like the logo. Don't like the name. I think it's needlessly. Uh, I, I just it doesn't feel. It feels like not quite as bad as like Bodie McBoatface, but it's got that <laughs> Bodie McBoatface vibe to it that just rubs me the wrong way. Like, why can't I have a cool name like the? Sea dragons. They are. They're the Sea Kraken because the SEA is Seattle and they're the Kraken. So the Sea Dragons are the XFL team. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) But they're the Sea Kraken. It's still good. I like it. But I'm I'm not optimistic. It's going to be so bad if they're just like the the generic thing. I think Cleveland should listen to this. Like, pay attention. Like, the people who read The Athletic are the ones I would trust more than whatever season ticket holders have. I've been getting stuff and getting the poll. I hope they don't rely overly on that because it's not going to be the people who I necessarily think I want their opinion the most just because they can afford season tickets or whatever. But one of my, two of my favorite, well, one of my favorite sports names in American sport is probably the Portland trailblazers. Cause it's really good. It's like perfectly vague, but also incredibly specific. And they have a, a nothing logo. That's so cool. And I don't know how to capture that. But like, if they could figure out a way to capture something like that, or just name it after like the, something involving ore, like an ore ship or boats or barges, barges. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if they're gonna go with with like something like sentimental or historical, go with something like that because that's an inanimate object that is there and or is about the founding of the city or whatever like that. But. Yeah, you're right though. Uh, like Trailblazers is so good. I never thought I always everything about that. Like them, so them and the Nuggets, I think, are my two favorite team names. I think in the NBA, uh, first of all, because they play when I was in college, they used to play each other in the second, like the second TNT game was always the Blaze Nugs game. We always laughed and laughed, uh, you know, for drug reasons. And then, uh, <laughs> but but also like they're good names. They they are specific. They're nothing, but they also capture the specific area of the uh, from where they're from. They have cool uniforms, and everything about, aesthetically, everything about them is just strong. And I just I don't think any teams really do that quite. Mariners, I think, is one that I really like. I think they're probably my favorite name in in baseball. A very unique uniform, a logo that's nothing, like absolutely nothing. It's literally just a, a compass, and so I don't know, just things like that where it's it's nothing but something is I think where they should go with, and nothing that's like 
needs will seem mawkish or sentimental or like saccharine and nothing that's like incredibly benign. I think Guardians does kind of like fit into what we're talking about though. It's not quite as cool, but it's like just enough linking to the city where it's not too buried in anything. It's just kind of it is Cleveland. It's not like Cleveland Clevelanders or Cleveland rockers or something overly in your face about it. It's just there are these statues. You could do kind of like a subgenre or a sub uh, theme of traffic because it's kind of there. Um so yeah, I, I don't well, hate I, Commodores or or Guardians. No, I, mean, I just think I, the link is exaggerated a bit. I like I like Commodores a bit more, but you know something. Another good example uh, when it comes to pull from basketball would be Lakers. I mean, obviously there are no lakes in Los Angeles, but they are named because that was a thing, a job people had up in, in Minneapolis. And so I don't know something that references some job that people had. I don't know from back to did, did they have log? They were steel workers? They could be the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea a lot. Um, <laughs> They have the same logo, but just have it be like the red, white, and blue. It could be oars. What is this with oars? Is there a lot of barges in Cleveland? Is that a thing I'm not aware of? I don't know. Lake Erie had a lot of barges going back and forth. <laughs> Didn't the, the, the Edmund Fitzgerald, no, that, that, the Edmund Fitzgerald was full of iron ore, but it sank in Lake Superior. I mean, the Cleveland Sinkers, there you go. They sink ships because of... Uh, and then when they're real bad, you call them the Stinkers. Oh, man, that one's perfect. <laughs> Cleveland Stinkers, there you go. Um, I don't hate doing something around like forests if they can think of something there. Because I mean, like Cleveland is the forest city. That's that's also kind of like a trailblazer thing where it's not directly linked, but it's if you know, you know kind of thing. I think forest is neat. Uh, but yeah, so last week or last week yesterday, we asked everybody on Twitter about a poll. Want to know who's today? A merit the podcast. You gotta. We're in the future right now. Um, on Monday, <laughs> recently, we asked everybody on Twitter. Who they think is going to hit the most dingers for Cleveland in 2021? A very important question, of course. Um, we included Jose Ramirez, Fernando Reyes, Eddie Rosario, just for a spicy little outlier, Josh Naylor. Um, we would have included Bobby Bradley, too, but we can only have four because Twitter is what they do. Um, I was kind of surprised at this one. Uh, Fernando Reyes won with 48% of the vote. I thought it would have been Jose Ramirez just because he's Jose Ramirez and he does what he does. But right, but but people were going with the pure home run guy, which is Fernando Reyes. Um, Eddie Rosario came in kind of low, 11%, I think. I, I guess I kind of understand that he won't hit the most, but a couple of people thought Josh Nelly would also hit the most, 3.7%. Very Fuck yeah. Way to believe, guys. All right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, what, what what would your vote about it? I would have voted Jose Ramirez. I, as much as I love Fran Rice, I think Jose will, will lead the team in home runs, and Fran will be pretty close behind. Well, as I have spent the last three weeks overblowing this in my head, um, I think <laughs> I think that it will be Fran Reyes because Jose Ramirez will turn back into Michael Brantley and he will hit 65 doubles but only uh, 30 home runs, which is, you know, still pretty good. So I would say Fran Reyes, honestly, because uh, I have high hopes for him. I think he will be a legitimate 40 home run threat. Uh, that's something, obviously, we've seen Jose Ramirez do. But I would say, yeah, I, I would go with Framer Reyes just because of the – until I actually see it in play uh, because of the ball. Yeah, that's true. Which yeah, is not to say that Jose Ramirez hits like stinky little dinker home runs. He does <laughs> but it also bombs. might just make more sense for him to just switch back into Michael Brantley mode. Exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah just, I'll just switch over to this now. I hate <laughs> you for being able to do that. Damn. <laughs> uh, Jeremy responded on Twitter. He said, I'll, I'll say Reyes, Ramirez, Rosario, and Naylor in that order, which is pretty much – um, I, I'd reverse Ramirez and Reyes for me personally, but that seems like pretty fair. Maybe, I maybe would do you put Naylor, Rosario, and Naylor on that one. Yeah, 
Because you, you don't think Rosario is going to get like what twenty five? You said Naylor how many gets... do you, how many home runs do you think Josh Naylor is going to? Let's say he gets five hundred. He plays one hundred and fifty games. Let's say he plays one hundred and fifty games. How many home runs do you think he's going to hit? Twenty, somewhere between twenty and twenty three, somewhere in there, low twenties. And I think um, Rosario gets over twenty five, which I think I think it's over thirty or right at thirty. So I think I think Naylor gets over twenty five as well. So. You know, we're very excited, listen, people here. We're, we've, we've just found four men to hit what, a combined. What can we be except optimistic right now, Mary? Hey, listen, train. dude, it's literally March the 1st as you've recorded this. I am, because we're idiots, and this happens every single year, I am needlessly, you know, excited about this crap. Uh, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm 34 years old. You'd think this would end, but it will not. So, uh, here we are. 64, but, it doesn't yeah. matter. Still be doing it. Be excited about Oh, here we go, Josh Naylor the third. Why are they keep on getting his kids? This is crazy. <laughs> He's got a little brother. You could be in there too. Bo yeah, there you go. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's gonna be so many Nailers. It'll be the, the Cleveland Nailers. Ooh, there hey, go. all right, here we go. We and found they, it. There we go. Boom, we can make baby. N a i l e r. Yeah, there you go. It's, a, it's it. about building. You know, Cleveland was known as the building capital of the world. No, it wasn't. Shut up. Get out of here. Uh, yeah, so I, I would flip those two because I just I think he can get over twenty five home runs, and I don't think that Eddie Rosario will. I think he'll get over twenty. But there you go. But either way, we we just found a hundred home runs for for Cleveland. Yeah, I th- I think we also could have uh, maybe not. But at Fish Stripes, they they loved Harold Ramirez, who came over. He said Christian Yelich traded by the Marlins at age twenty six wasn't elevating the ball enough. Led his new team in, led his new team in homers the next year. Harold um, Ramirez traded by the Marlins at age twenty six wasn't elevating the ball enough. And then dot dot dot. Um, I don't I don't think that'll happen. But <laughs> maybe he turns into Christian Yelich and he leads the team. Um, 60 home runs, Harold Ramirez calling it right now. There we go. I, mean, I think I, I, I don't. That's crazy, Matt. He's gonna have 50 doubles and 25 home runs <laughs> as, long, as, as long as as long as 12 triples. Come on now. Yeah, he's gonna be everything. We'll see yeah, he's about. gonna be the perfect player. He's gonna be <laughs> ultimate five tool man. They'll call him. I think that's his nickname, ultimate five tool Harold. That's what they call him. All right, Matt. That'll do it for us this week. Um, if you haven't already, subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a review, um, five stars if you want. If you liked it, let us know what you think. Um, follow us on Twitter. I'm Matt RLY. Merritt is at Merrill Lunch, like Merrill Lynch with lunch. Find Let's Go Tribe at Let's Go Tribe on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, obviously, let's go tribe.com. And uh, Merritt, talk to you next week. I'll be there.